This episode of the podcast is once again sponsored by Tempo. Dedicated to providing nonstop energy, Tempo Natural Supplements guarantee you'll never miss a beat thanks to its special formulation of natural ingredients and essential nutrients made only with the safest standards. There are two versions of Tempo. The first is F-Coffee, a supplement that helps with clarity and focus, but without those caffeine jitters. The second, Hungover AF, a natural alcohol hangover supplement, helps aid in the natural production of antioxidants after those uh, long nights of overindulging. Check out both at meettempo.com. That's M-E-E-T-T-E-M-P-O.com. Find your rhythm with Tempo. What's up, everybody? It's time to strap on your favorite kicks, get to your starting positions, and get warmed up for another episode of We Run This. It's Chris, and with me as always is Nick, and today we're talking to Spencer Brown. Spencer is currently a member of the Brooks Beasts running team, but he joined the group of Olympic hopefuls in a pretty interesting way. The company actually found him online and asked him to join. Well, now Spencer did have experience in running, He was a member of the Georgetown track team, but after graduation, he joined the ranks of the rest of us, you know, weekend warriors and pavement pounders, except Spencer was smart enough to document his life as a runner on the Athlete Special. That's his Instagram and YouTube pages. So Spencer does all these updates and Brooks Running eventually finds him and they offer him a short-term contract to join the team. And now over the next year, Spencer will document this journey to becoming a beast on his social channels. So Nick and I, we talked to Spencer the week before his training started with the beasts, and, and we sat down to discuss you know, how he went from social media runner to a member of an, an elite running crew, and we talked about his time in, in high school and college and, and how he finds the motivation to put in the work to succeed and the insane journey he's been on so far and, and where he, he hopes it takes him. So let's jump right into the conversation, and here's Nick and I talking to Spencer Brown. Spencer, are you there? Hello? Spencer, are you there? Hey, hey, Chris. What's nice up, man? How's it going? What's up? Uh, Good, good. Um, sorry, I'm just uh, I'm trying to set this mic up real quick. My fault. Don't worry about it. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good. Yeah, hanging in. Where are you? Where are you at, Spencer? Like logistically, uh, in, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Seattle right now. Are you? You want to go for a run later? What was that? <laughs> you want to go for a run later? I'm in Fremont. Oh, really? Actually? Yeah, I live, in, I live in Seattle. I figured you were probably in Seattle because of the whole Brooks connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just moved here. Um, I, also, is, is, my, is this mic working? It, it is. Yeah. 
It is. But you know what? I just realized we're recording, so let's just jump right in. What's up, everybody? Are you ready, Spencer? (laughs) If you're ready, I just realized we were on record. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Usually doesn't start. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Luminati. With me, as always, Nick Domingo. And we are here with Spencer Brown, and he is working on his mic. So why don't you go ahead and work on that, Spencer, while we're uh, talking. Yeah, I'm just trying to test it out. Hopefully it sounds (laughs) good for you guys. But glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Chris and Nick. Um, Just excited to kind of hop on and get a chat going. Yeah, we can hear you crystal clear. Now, let's go back uh, from the beginning. You guys are both in Seattle, so why don't you do that whole bro hug virtually thing, and I'll, be, I'll feel left out over in New Jersey over here. You guys go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I live, like, uh, near, like, 97th on Aurora, if you kind of catch my drift. Um, it's a bit of the prostitute area, I got to say. But that's <laughs> <Yeah>. where I, <laughs> That's I, the I, only I, reason why I know it. That's the only <laughs> time I grew up there. Yeah. Nick goes there for work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I live um, like kind of like North Seattle area. Just moved here a month ago. Uh, It was kind of tough when we got out here. We were here for like four days. It was beautiful. And then all of a sudden this terrible smog came in and it's been awful. Uh, It finally went away, but you legit couldn't go outside for like a week and you could probably attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually in Canada when it happened. So like I was visiting my fiance for five weeks and had heard all the, the smoke stories from friends who said they couldn't even keep their windows open because their house smelled like, you know, like a campfire. And um, yeah, get ready for that. Every, uh, it seems like every summer, August, September, that kind of happens. This year has kind of been a little bit worse, but luckily looking outside now, things have kind of cleared up and uh, we've had a pretty nice week, man. So hopefully you've been able to pound the pavement a little bit. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting back into running right now, but we went to Discovery Park, which is really pretty um, in Seattle. And just in general, it's a cool running community. We run around Green Lake all the time. Uh, Fremont's really cool as well. Uh, We went to a brewery there last week. It's still my off season, but uh, we're going to kick it off in like a week or so uh, and have like official practice and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, Fremont, Fremont's where Brooks headquarters is. So, uh, you know, with you, obviously, the people listening do not know this, but you're training to become a, a Brooks runner, right? And so uh, you probably hang out around that, that area a little bit, right? Yeah, I was actually just at Brooks HQ yesterday. It's, it's right off the water. It's really pretty. Um, but yeah, I, uh, just, I signed um, a contract with Brooks running, and I'm going to be training with uh, – the pro group in Seattle uh, for the next year and a half. They're called the Brooks Beast. So I'm really excited to be able to kind of, you know, share my running journey. I've got a YouTube channel and I post all my content of my kind of running journey on there. So I'm excited to get the whole team involved and I'm just really excited for practice to start. Well, well, let's back that up a little bit because, you know, Nick, uh, Nick and I obviously know your backstory, but let's go back. I mean, you were just like, a normal guy like Nick and I just running by yourself. And then all of a sudden you're a Brooks athlete. So walk us through where you started and how that happened. Yeah. So I just, uh, right before quarantine happened, I was actually at uh, Georgetown university finishing up my fifth year at school. I took five years. I did a one year grad program and I was on the track team there. Um, and my goal was always to be a professional runner. Um, and just at the same time, parallel to that whole, running journey I have been kind of recording my my running journey uh on YouTube for a bunch of years like five years or so now and uh you know for years it didn't really get any uh publicity or or it didn't catch on the videos weren't that good but eventually in the last year or so I got a better camera um 
I started making actual good content or, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's great, but I started making better content and um, the videos caught on. I started improving my times a lot. And um, yeah, right when quarantine hit, Brooks reached out and said that they really wanted to uh, sign me as a professional athlete and kind of see if I have what it takes to be a Brooks beast, which is their big pro group out in Seattle. So I, the next year and a half, like I said, I'm going to be here training with the beast uh, seeing if I can become a beast and uh, have the best possible training uh, for my event category, which is the mile. And um, it's really awesome how everything lined up well, especially in this, you know, awful time. But um, yeah, exactly kind of where I'm at. So can you talk about how Brooks found you? I mean, did you apply to something? Did you just, did they kind of find you grassroots through your, your YouTube channels? Like talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, so just to give a background, uh, my YouTube channel, it's called The Athlete Special. I started it freshman year in college, and like I just said, it was basically just me, um, you know, recording, goofing around with my teammates, just the uh, the lifestyle of a Division One runner, and um, over the years, I, I improved a lot, and, um, you know, kind of amassed this cult audience, and... Um, you know, some people at Brooks took note and they kind of saw uh, potential in me, obviously from a social media perspective and then also from an athletic perspective. And we're like, you know what, we can, we can do something with this guy. It's not just like this guy who's, you know, a hobby jogger filming himself around. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that elite category, uh, not like world-class, like the rest of the guys on the beast, but, you know, close. And like, I think I can bridge that gap and get there with the right coaching and stuff. Um, so Brooks essentially reached out to the director of our program at the time, uh, saying that they're interested in me, uh, but didn't know what they wanted to do with me. Uh, they kind of referred to me as a unicorn because I had the, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm good at running. I don't want to sound cocky at all. Um, but I, uh, I, I, you made the Brooks team. You can say you're good at yeah, running. Yeah, bro. Like it's, it's not a humble brag or anything. Yeah. If you're being called a unicorn by Brooks, like, fuck yeah. off. Like, pretty good at running. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so, say you're good at running. How about that? Yeah. yeah you don't have to. We will. Good point, Chris. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just want to note like the guys on the team are definitely you know, that one step above me. Mm. So if I didn't have this YouTube thing going for me. Um, I would probably be an unsigned athlete or, uh, you know, be on a worse team. Mm. So I, I really appreciate Brooks kind of taking that chance on me. And um, I always say I'm, I'm for sure athlete first, not a uh, YouTuber. I put YouTube second to everything. I, I care about my running a lot and just the way things have worked out. It's been really fun. Uh, I think from, the perspective of my audience kind of just seeing me grow as a runner improve and uh the funny thing is like they love watching me uh perform poorly at times because then it makes me more relatable uh what I try to do is I, I try to show the downs as much as the ups um because you know in all sports there's you're probably going to be disappointed 90% of the time with how you perform uh just because it's so cutthroat at this level and uh, just kind of fighting through that adversity uh, has sort of helped amass that audience. So Brooks appreciated that and they like watching that running journey and they want to get their whole team involved. And, you know, running as a sport is super relatable, uh, you know, no matter how, what level you're on. 
and there's just not that many guys in the social media department doing anything for it. So uh, I like to call myself somewhat of a pioneer of the sport. I'm not the only one. There's definitely other people out there who are doing what I'm doing. But um, I, my goal is to try to elevate the Brooks Beast, elevate Brooks running, and kind of put uh, running on the map worldwide. When you first got there, did you feel like a fish out of water or like, you know, you've been training by yourself and all of a sudden you're on this team? You know, how, how did that transition go? So I, it's, it's a good question because we haven't had our official practice yet. I got out here just this month or September. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's October already. That's kind of depressing, but it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Depends I, how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I got out here uh, just 30 days ago or so, and um, we don't have official practice until October 12th. So I, um, I kind of wanted to move out here. Like this is, this was like our month off. We had a break and now we're kind of coming back. So a lot of the guys aren't even here yet. I've just started to meet some of the team. And I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to be cautious about not like jamming a camera down everyone's throat. I understand like the team may have their reservations at first about being on camera. So that's a question that I can't answer yet. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to just meet everyone and kind of just get the flow of things going and get everyone involved with the social media stuff. And then also just, you know, work hard as well. So I'm excited for everything to kind of kick off, but we still have about two weeks or so before that happens. So talk about like what you guys do as a team, like when you're going on these training runs, once you guys are going to be together and um, you know, what's the end goal? Is it Olympics? Is it, a trial is it you know just a PR at, at high profile marathons like the Boston Marathon New York Marathon once those come back like kind of walk us through that yeah so um especially the team I'm training on which is the Brooks Beast their specialty is definitely middle distance which would be the 800 the mile the 3k the 5k uh the steeplechase um, so those event categories uh, is my training group. I'm not going to be doing the marathon at this point. Um, hopefully not for a long time. Uh, I like the mile. That's, in my opinion, the glory event. So uh, the goal on my end would be make the Olympic trials and then, you know, try to make a final and then just see what happens. Uh, a lot of these other guys, some of them are not from the U.S. Uh, they're from other countries, uh, but they're still on the Brooks piece. Um, you know, their goals, I think that the goal of everyone on the Brooks piece is to make an Olympic team. That's it's, it's that level. Um, so for me, if I can make the trials, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, about a year ago, I made the USA meet, uh, on a non trials year. It was 2019. So I'm very confident that I will make the trials and, uh, I just want to kind of shock the world and kind of see what I can do. But yeah, the buildup is going to be a lot of uh, middle distance training, a lot of like 400 repeats, mile repeats. Uh, It's going to get really tough. It's going to all be filmed. It's going to be fun. And then we're going to go to altitude for a month or two uh, in early 2021. And, um, you know, I think the biggest, uh, I wouldn't say issue, but the biggest obstacle that the team and all teams and all sports are going to have to face is just uh, COVID and, and, you know, going through all of the right procedures before races. I know you have to get a couple tests and you have to uh, get a lot of things approved early on. And we don't know if we're going to have an indoor track season, but there's going to be races. There's going to be time trials and hopefully there's going to be an Olympic trials. 
and they don't cancel the Olympics. But that that essentially in June would be the the big goal is just to perform well at the trials. What does not training look like? Like you said, you haven't trained for like a month and a half. Does that mean just like a little bit of running, no running at all? Are you doing weights? Like what are you doing? Yeah. So uh, typically like what we would do is like, or at least the coach Danny Mackey had me just take two weeks off um, fully. Just take, uh, you know, that mental break off from running and, People obviously listening will know running is so much equally mental as it is physical, maybe even more. You're not mentally in it. It doesn't even matter how you are physically. So it's really important just to kind of let loose, uh, relax, uh, have some fun for two weeks or so, and then start running every other day for like 30 minutes or so. Uh, He said, hop on a bike if you want, do an elliptical, just kind of like get back into it easy and then this week I've got 40 miles no workouts and then next week I'll have 50-ish miles with two workouts and then eventually I will probably be getting up to like 65 to 75 maybe 80 miles uh, which isn't that crazy high for a middle distance runner it's around the standard 65 to 75 is like the sweet spot so right now yeah no like when I say not training, I guess I'm doing 40 miles a week uh, for these last two weeks or so and doing some cross train stuff. But we definitely want to make sure to come into the season um, healthy. That's that's really important. Mentally refreshed because we're going to be going hard for the next nine months. And then uh, just, you know, men- yeah, mentally there. So that's sort of how you ease into the season. Talk about like your recovery through it. You know, I mean, right now you're kind of on this break, like you've talked about. And, you know, when you're running that many miles uh, per week, I mean, 40 miles a week, you know, for some people is a hell of a lot. I mean, say they do five days a week, you know, that's eight a day. So talk about how your recovery comes into play, um, both mentally and physically, because the mental side, like you said, is such a big part of running. Yeah. So it's important to, I guess, note that like you're, it's running. It's not even like, it's not a sport. It's a lifestyle first off. So like when you're, even though you're only running maybe roughly one hour a day, there's probably like five or six hours of the day that are dedicated solely to that run, you know, whether it's waking up and stretching um, and eating the right stuff before and not eating too much before you run. And then uh, one of the kind of cool components of being a professional runner now is that I can start to do the little things with recovery that I wasn't, you know, doing as much in college, uh, which is just a lot more, um, you know, stretching, uh, eating a lot better. I used to eat like crap all the time, McDonald's and you ate like a college student. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You weren't doing anything crazy. You're eating like a college student. (laughs) Now that I don't have school, uh, it's finally time to make that final step of like, okay, let's do all the little things. Now this is my job. You can't go to uh, Dick's Drive-In, even though it's really cheap here in Seattle, which is really good, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'll see you there tomorrow night at 2 a.m., dude. You're, you're saying that now. Just wait till you get a couple of fireball shots, and you, you'll, you'll be at Dick's, I guarantee it. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, now, like, you know, I'll have, like, a protein shake after I run. Uh, I just started taking collagen. I don't even know what that is, but I'm taking it. Uh, Makes you look young. 
Yeah, yeah. young. That's, <laughs> that's why. That's why old people take it. That's all I know. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's it's definitely a lot of little stuff, and this is like you know new to me. Like I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about yet. Like I'm just starting to do all these little things, and you know, doing more core stuff, activation, making sure your hips are ready, your glutes are ready, um, because. At the end of the day, the most important part, especially if you're just a professional runner, your body has to be healthy. If you're hurt, you're like, you're on the table, you're doing nothing. You are, it's basically a commission-based job if you think about it. Like if you're not racing or performing well, then you're probably not going to make as much money. So you have to treat your body like a temple. Walk, um, us, walk us through how uh, involved does Brooks get into that part of your life? Like, do they do meal plans for you? Do they supply this stuff? Like, do they work with, uh, do you work with the nutritionist? Like how far involved do they get? So it's, it's really like, uh, and this, maybe this is just because of running. Like it's, everyone is so different because uh, everyone's bodies are different, especially in running. And like, you are always going to know your body the most at this point in your life. Um, so Brooks definitely gives leeway on, you know, diet and stuff. Although I can't speak to that too much. I've only been here for a month and we haven't had official practice. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a dietitian that you can seek out if you want help with, uh, you know, the right foods, eating enough. Um, there's a PT that you can go to, uh, and they encourage you to go to that PT. And then like, there's an official lift a couple times a week. There's yoga stuff. Uh, I, Brooks does a great job of pretty much giving you everything you need to set yourself up for success. Um, and personally, I like the freedom of like, you know, not having the reins so tight on like what you can or cannot eat because, you know, it's, it is different for everyone. And I'm 23 years old. I, I feel like I know my body pretty well at this point. Um, so it's not like, I have to have like a specific meal plan or maybe I do. I just don't know yet. Um, yeah. You might not know. <laughs> yeah. Like you might start eating different things and go, Whoa, I was really screwing with myself. <laughs> uh, but I guess what I'm trying to just say is that Brooks definitely sets you up uh, to be as successful as you want to be uh, mm -hmm. at this level. You know, they're not messing. They're not, they're not messing around with their athletes. They're trying to get people to make Olympic teams here. Mm -hmm. So I always talk to Chris about like that runner's fatigue. I mean, I was <clears throat> long story, but I was essentially doing a virtual race across Tennessee this year. And I kind of blew my nut way too soon. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, I was running eight, nine, 10 miles every single day, starting in like May through end of June. And I kind of hit a snag. and was like, fuck this. I'm going to get on a bike. I'm going to give myself a, a break. I've just started now getting back into running, being back in the States and, and getting into routine for you. It's a full-time job now, right? Like you can't take a day off if you're not mentally there. So, you know, we all often talk about here is like how you motivate yourself and get yourself to go. So like say today, I mean, it's not great out right now. It's kind of chilly. How do you get yourself to like kick yourself in the ass to say, I'm going to go run five miles or do some speed work around a track, like on those days where you're like, just not feeling it. Yeah. Well, that's just built up from like years and years and years of doing it. It's not even like, I don't like when you've been running the, the time I have, like I've essentially I've been running since like fifth grade. Um, 
and I was pretty serious in high school, obviously college and now a professional, like you just get to a point, it's routine. It's, it's, you don't think of it as anything. I don't, you know, if the weather is kind of shitty out, I go to the gym, go on treadmill. Uh, Brooks does have a, a gym as well that you could go to. What's but, that look like? Uh, Walk us through that. Is that nice? It's really nice. It's really <laughs> I mean, cool. I hope so. <laughs> can, can you bring a buddy from Seattle so area to maybe kind of get in? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wish. Uh, <laughs> regulation issue. I, I honestly just got my pass to get into the gym yesterday. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, in terms of the, the mental stuff, um, I always tell myself um, the day I don't want to run anymore – uh, is the day that like, it's not fun for me. It's, I, I think it's fun. I'm a psychopath. I think that you kind of have to be at this level. Um, I like the pain. I, I like, you know, the, the grind of it, but yeah, there are definitely some days where I'm like, I fuck, I don't want to do this at all. Like mm-hmm. everyone has those days. You're lying if you don't, but just like everyone else in the world, you kind of just suck it up and go through the motions. Um, and, and honestly, like, it's even in, as at, at this level, like if you do feel like crap, like it never hurts to communicate with your coach and be like, look, coach, I don't feel good. Like I'm not sick. I'm just tired. Like maybe I need a day off. Uh, and that goes back to just knowing your body. Well, um, you, you pretty much should be able to tell if, if you need a day off at, at our level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess that it's just, I'm so used to that grind that, it doesn't really phase me at this point. Um, but I'm sure that there's people st- 10 times less lazy than I am out there. So I'm not <laughs> like, like, trust me, I'll sleep in late. I don't, I'm not like crazy about getting up early and, you know, getting the grind going. So what, what's your typical, like, what's your zone of running? Like, are you a morning run? You said you're not great at morning. Like, are you middle of the day, late at night? Like when's your time yeah. to train? So, like, if it's just, like, a six-mile run or something, I like going out maybe, like, 9 or 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't wake up that early. Uh, that's another, like, misconception people have. Like, you got to wake up early and grind. Like, you don't put the work in, someone else will. Like, I don't I don't think that way, personally. I don't think of other people. I just think about myself and what my body needs. Um, I have the luxury of being able to wake up at 9 a.m. to run. I know that some people have – full-time jobs and have to wake up early to get it done but uh I think that it's pretty obvious that at the end of the day sleep is like the bottom line most important part of recovery so I I value sleep I'm not a morning person uh and if we're doing like a hard workout like a hard track session I'd like that to be in the afternoon but that's the coaches say at the end of the day. And I don't know the Brooks schedule in terms of like, you know, practice hours yet, but uh, you'll just get into a routine and from there kind of get on the same page with everyone else. So can you talk about some of the perks with Brooks? Like, I mean, they have to hook you up with a bunch of free shit, but like talk about, you mentioned the gym or, or whatever it is that you're just like, these are top three perks of being on this, the Brooks piece right now and, and kind of training with them. Yeah. Well, obviously it's, it's nice having all the free gear. Um, we got like a gear code, uh, to get as much stuff as we want. And you know, that's important too, because I need to be wearing all Brooks now 
which was not the case in college. We were a Nike based team in college and, you know, I would wear like other brands, but like now that I'm getting paid by Brooks, like I have to be wearing all their stuff and I like it all. It's all awesome. So I just uh, yesterday got a huge package of a lot more stuff. And like, I, I don't know, I love opening boxes with free stuff in it. That's fun for me. So that's a big perk. And then just like the, the small things, like just having a PT is so important, especially during like COVID, like it's hard to get into places right now. And like, you, you got to be taking care of your body. Um, the, the nutritionist is also nice to have. Uh, but I think more so than anything is just being on a team with such good athletes. Um, like it's, it's hard to train on your own. You guys probably know that, like, but it makes it a lot easier if like I'm training with guys who are probably going to make the Olympics. Um, I mean, it's going to, they're going to kick my ass and it's going to be fun to watch, but, uh, like that camaraderie and just being with such good athletes and having one of the best coaches in the world makes it, that's like, that's essentially why I'm on, why I wanted to do this whole thing. Cause like nobody gets this opportunity. So it's, it's awesome. Um, I've been trying uh, recently the other day, I tried to go to the track and improve on my, since you're a mile guy, I tried to improve on my mile. Uh, I looked at the best one that I had in my run keeper. It was like a seven something. And I tried and I sucked royally. <clears throat> like, I think it was like an eight. It was just not even worth like writing down. Like I stopped and I was just like, screw this. So what are a couple, like two or three tips, like with any race, I feel like even if you're running marathons or, you know, 10 Ks, you want to get better on each mile. So what are some ways to in improve on your just one mile time? Yeah. So for the mile specifically, I mean, you got to do your first time trial, just set the bar, see where you're at. And then I personally am a big speed guy. I think that like, working on speed and I'm not talking about 100 meter sprints. I'm talking about one lap around the track, do like eight or maybe just start off with four by one lap around the track, give yourself a minute rest and then try to go at your goal mile pace. And then just really get used to running the pace that you want to be running in a race. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I think for like, hobby joggers. I don't think that like just going for six mile runs is going to help you improve your mile time. I think you need to be really doing that like race specific work. So like, let's say you want to run a six minute mile, that's 90 seconds per lap. So just, I would say do four to six by 400 at 90 seconds. Um, I don't know if I should keep just talking about this stuff because this might bore people to sleep. No, but. I want, I want you to. So what you're basically, what you're saying is the key to getting better at the longer runs is to work on the shorter runs. I, I think, I mean, and people might listen to this and be like, that's just terrible advice, but that's just what works for me. Like, I, I think that for the mile, like you need to be doing faster stuff that, you know, makes the race feel comfortable. Because I think when you're, when you, you go out and try to run that seven minute mile and like you feel uncomfortable running the, the pace, it's because you're not used to doing it. So if you had been, constantly doing reps of of the race pace you'd feel comfortable like okay I've been here before you know um and then 200 work is also really good just work on your actual speed and then uh you know maybe one or two like middle 
distance runs a week, like four to six miles. Um, but I don't think you need to be like lifting weights or anything like that. If you're just trying to run a mile, uh, at that level. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of like my general advice to try and if you're, if you're trying to improve like pretty quickly, but like they say in general, you want to build up your aerobic threshold and like do specific work at your lactate threshold. But even I don't really know what that means. So I just kind of listen to my coach on that one. <laughs> and how do you determine along those same lines, like, you know, training for endurance as opposed to training for speed? Because, you know, my mile time is significantly improved uh, just by running for 17 plus years. You know, I mean, starting out at 915 or whatever to now under seven for those six mile runs, but I'm not doing speed work. So like for you, how do you build endurance when you're not if you're not getting out and doing like five or six miles every day because I, I rarely do like I don't even know the last time I've just gone out and run a mile because I just am not used to running like hey I'm gonna go do a six and a half minute mile today and be done with my workout yeah so I guess the training I was more talking about was like if you just want to improve your mile in two months but the way you've been doing it is like the long-term strategy but no one wants to hear okay build up your aerobic threshold by doing this mileage for five years and then you'll get better because it's long. It takes a while. And like, that's, that's like the long-term way of just getting better at running. Cause if you just get stronger aerobically, you're going to be better at the mile. Um, but yeah, that, so I guess, uh, I'll try not to contradict myself here for me. Like it's, it's a matter of like decimals now, like I've run, a 357 equivalent mile and like I'm trying to run 355 which is just so the numbers are so small at this point but they're so big at the same time um so you do have to be doing like like at, at this level like you know 60 plus miles a week I think uh of just aerobic stuff which is like stuff at five minute pace which is like a minute slower than your mile pace but longer repetitions like you know, do three by two miles at five minute pace, which is like a minute slower than my mile pace. And then that builds up your, your lactate threshold and your ability to like stay aerobic for a long time. Um, because once you go anaerobic, that's like the lactic, that's like when your legs start feeling like shit and you kind of tie up and can't go fast anymore. That's essentially what you're trying to fix with, uh, you know, getting stronger aerobically. But um, I guess the speed portion I was talking about is that like you can get you can get there multiple ways, you know, like you can some people get there from the speed up and some people get it from the strength down. Um, it's probably easier to get there from the speed up uh, if you're just trying to improve quickly. But like once you're really in that next category, you have to be doing a lot more aerobic stuff. Um, I'm sorry if this is confusing. I'm kind of confusing myself here, but well, no, dude, it, it's all good stuff. I mean, trust me, like you said, this has been a long, long play for me. I mean, I'm the most fucking impatient person in the world. And so when you said what you did, it's like, Oh wait, actually I'm kind of patient. I'm proving myself wrong. If I'm taking, you know, little gaps of like 15 second wins over a course of like a year or two. So this is, this is good. This is all good stuff. Yeah. And, and the way you're doing it too, you're not just getting better at the mile. You're just becoming a better runner. You know, you're going to get better at every event you're on if you just are stronger like that. So, um, cause we, uh, want to start 
kind of bringing it back together, wrapping it up a little bit because uh, we're getting the uh, timer thing. I forgot to mention there's a timer on these uh, <laughs> interviews. I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but I can I see, see it. I see got seven minutes here. Yeah, right. But uh, I, wanted, I want people to know that you're not just like this running robot. So what does Spencer Brown do when he's not running? So uh, recently I got into disc golf. My friends are big disc golfers. Nice. Um, and the courses in Seattle are not that nice so far. Um, but I just like hanging out with friends. I, I, a lot of my videos, if you like watch them, it's, it's mostly us just goofing around. Uh, I live with like two of my best friends, which makes it so much fun. They made the trip out to Seattle with me. Uh, we were in Boulder, Colorado this summer and they had so much fun there that they decided they wanted to stay out in Seattle and kind of in a good way, like their jobs are remote uh, because of COVID and they're going to stay remote for a long time. So they can stay out here for a while with me. Um, I played soccer all through, you know, big beginning of high school. I did some club stuff as well. So I like sports as well. Um, and yeah, love going to get food as well. I'm a like, <laughs> I'm not a robot. I'm a pretty normal, chill person. Like I'd go out, get drinks if I could all the time, but you got to be serious at times of the year. So you can't, you make a lot of sacrifices for running. But uh, I think that maybe the appeal with my channel uh, and that made people kind of start uh, enjoying it is that they were like, oh, he's, he's a high level runner, but he's also like, a normal person, you know, he has the same uh, thought processes that we all do uh, in all aspects of our life. So yeah, I'm just a normal person trying to enjoy life in Seattle. And yeah. What's your favorite uh, IPA in Seattle so far since you've had the month off? Have you had a chance to like taste test any? Uh, we, we went to Fremont Brewing. Yeah. Um, Fremont Brewing right there by Brooks HQ. Yeah, it was right there. Uh, I don't remember the name. It was, it was some hazy drink. It was pretty good. I don't know. I got a flight of stuff, so I, I there was a bunch, but those are always confusing. Like people, they give you the flight and they point them out, but then by like half of the first thing, you're like, I don't remember what any of these were. That was this. Like yeah. you have to look at the menu again and try and guess. Like the flights, you might as well like. I, the, the waitress might as well not even tell me the names because I'm not gonna remember. Like I'm gonna point I, to go. Give me more of this one. Yeah, I usually get like a couple strong dark ones for the flight just to kind of get there a bit. But then I always go with some like hazier, lighter one for my second drink or whatever. But yeah, I, Seattle beers are really, they're, they're fine. I think I, I'd probably need some advice on like what I should be getting then. I got you, dude. I totally have you there. <laughs> Don't worry. I've been here long enough now. I've been probably 86 at every single bar at least once. So uh I can tell you the ones I can't go to, but you can absolutely enjoy. That's something to be super proud of, Nick. Really <laughs> yeah, 36 years old, fucking <laughs> hanging on to that, guys. Party Although boy, Nick. I, I feel like such a kind of a bitch saying it, but I, it's the, the claws at this point are kind of taking over everything. It's like... Oh, no. no. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can eat shitty food. You can't drink White Claws. Yeah, you're not allowed. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's... Just, it's Runners really like seltzer too. We we drink seltzer a lot because it's just easy. But I can't. I, I, I know, try. I know, it I know. my stomach. It screws my stomach up. Yeah, just, I, I know. Can't. It's it's tough to even have to say that, but <laughs> it's all right. We forgive you. So before yeah. uh, before we run out of time, let's drop some of your uh, socials in here. Where can people find you on Instagram, YouTube, everything? 
Yeah, so it's just all the athlete special. Just type it in on Instagram or YouTube. I don't have Twitter. I don't really use that. You're better um, off. And <laughs> that's about it. Just YouTube and Instagram, the athlete special. Um, feel free to watch my vids or look at my narcissistic running pictures. <laughs> cool. Any last words of advice for people? Yeah, just uh, hope everyone's hanging in there with COVID. I know it's a very, very weird time uh, in the U.S. and all over the world. Uh, it's very hectic, but hope everyone is kind of, you know, enjoying time with their families and uh, enjoying, you know, you know that that time to just reflect on yourself and, you know, spend now trying to figure out who you want to be and better yourself because I've been trying to do that and it's it's been a fun process and don't ever feel afraid to take a chance. And yeah, that's, that's about it. Cool. Love well, it, dude. I think it's, it's awesome. Best of luck with everything. We'll follow your journey for sure. And uh, you know, as you guys listening know uh, you can, you can check us out, Chris and I out. He's Chris Illuminati on Twitter. He's message with a bottle on Instagram. I'm N Domingo on Instagram and it's Nick Domingo on Twitter. So uh, we'll, we'll be in touch and, and that brings another episode of We Run This to a Close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at It's Nick Domingo, and I'm at Chris Luminati on Twitter. Or follow us both on Instagram at We Run This underscore pod. Until next time, see everybody out there. <laughs>